Welcome to Comedy Here Often Podcast. I'm your host, Kevy. This week on the show is comedian and musician Harris Anderson. Um, sometimes when I go to, uh, I'm like, had a really busy day, yeah. and then it was too busy almost, and then I go home, and then I'm like, time to relax. Then my brain really decides to kick it into overdrive. Uh-huh. And so last night I slept for maybe like an hour and a half. So basically, this is my lifeline right now. And okay. I'm an insane. I'm like, I feel like a oh. little shaky. Okay. So if uh, don't worry about me, basically is what I'm saying. And, All right. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Do you are you a coffee person? No, no. I worked at Starbucks for a while, and I, it just like made me like totally. Oh my god, this is perfect because one segment I like to do is I want my guests to tell their worst day job stories, and I'm assuming there is some of the worst people ever who come into starbucks yes they're horrible man please tell me the worst grossest awful people tell i don't me about it. i don't have the grossest story but like uh i all my one like glaring memory from starbucks is a lady returning a, a drink i'd made because there was too many bubbles on top <laughs> like, a, like man it's carbonated yeah like a grown woman looking can me I in have, the face and saying there's too many bubbles can i have half the amount of carbonation <laughs> like what, what was the drink it wasn't even, it was just a latte, and there was, you know, it wasn't like a, I wasn't, I was never good at it, but it wasn't a perfect, it was, it was like a few bubbles around the outside, and, and she was so adamant that there was, you know, there's too many bubbles on this drink. And Starbucks, it's, their, their goal isn't perfection. It's like, you kind of know what you're getting, it's, it's going to taste a little bit burnt. That being said, I really love it, and I would love an endorsement. But oh, it's wouldn't? not if if they're expecting the little like whipped cream leaf design on the top and stuff no. like you know what I'm talking about. Well, they do. I mean, that's that's actually one of the hardest jobs I've had. Like, I, I believe it. I don't know what baristas make, but I don't think it's enough. I, it, you have to know so much. You have to do like homework for that job, and and you know, like I don't know. Maybe their standards are slip. But like when I was there, it was like that. That's not right. You give them a free drink. Like I I handed <laughs> I handed out so many free drink vouchers really? because it wasn't right. Like people are very exacting there. It's like a, it's for for you know like a minimum wage job. It, mm-hmm. The amount of the amount of um, precision it takes and the amount of yeah. stuff you have to know because people just change stuff on the fly. You think, yeah. oh, I know how to make a, a um, I don't know a chai tea misto. Yeah, yeah. And then someone comes in and says, okay, you've learned all that. Mm-hmm. I want the opposite of that mm-hmm. backwards, but half that amount. And then you're like, okay, I'm. You know, I'm just gonna go in the back. That sentence just made me dyslexic. Like I don't even know what that means. I will. I want to tell you two things. One thing is that there's a Starbucks right near here, uh, and um, I I was going over there for a coffee the other day, but I was also throwing some things out of my studio, and someone had left a a, a, a wizard's cloak and hat in my studio, and I didn't. I didn't just want to throw it in the garbage, so I went and I hung it on the door in the bathroom of that Starbucks. And so I hope some some wise gentleman or young lady found it and is now wearing it. I hope it brought joy to someone's day, and maybe that's a story they can tell each other. I, I feel like in this neighborhood, that's yeah. one of the more pleasant that's things. Just, that's been I think that's probably just someone's outfit yeah. and now. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, cool. I can go to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It Looks like I found a new occupation. And then the other thing I will say is that when I was moving one time... Uh, I I moved across the street, and so I foolishly thought I could just walk all my belongings over. Oh, okay. Like, I hired movers to move my bed and things yeah. like that that I can't lift by myself because I'm just not that strong. And then I just was like, I'll just walk the rest of it over. But really, you don't realize that 
what you can carry is essentially one picture frame and one bag of clothes. And so it took four days. And in the middle of that, I put a bag of my clothing outside for one moment. And then I ran back inside and came back out and it was gone. And then, and then like a week later I saw a homeless guy walking in the street wearing my Supreme hat and a down with Webster shirt, which is my friend's band. It's like, Oh, that's where it went. So at least that guy now has some semi good clothing. Oh man. That's, that's a difficult distance to move across the street. Yeah. Like, I think I'd almost rather move a few blocks or yeah. across town than just across the street. I know. It was it was just out of necessity. <laughs> it was like, it, you know how amazing it is if you can find cheap rent, especially to live by yourself in this city. So yep. I was excited about it. Um, it. And also in that place, they renovated it for a full year. And then it was just like crazy loud all the time. And then they jacked the rent up right after that. Oh. Seems seems like maybe not legal or not fair. Definitely not yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah, housing in the city's nuts. Yeah, but uh, it's it's funny when those kind of jobs like Starbucks, like I can only imagine what what, what kind of bathroom situation you'd have there on a daily basis because people kind of probably just use it as like a locker room in some ways. Um, it was kind of uh, it wasn't mm, no, it wasn't that bad. It was in kind of like it was in like a student. It was in Victoria, but like oh, okay. very very close to the university, like five minute five ten minutes from the university. So okay, mostly like professionals and things like that professors and yeah. students and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i was pretty lucky i didn't have it wasn't like a horrific experience it was an eye-opening experience because it was it was a hard job yeah in terms of what you needed to know and everything and yeah but no the people were cool and everything it was yeah apart from some of the customers obviously were jerks but i mean too many bubbles is too many bubbles that's retail i had yeah. uh um my my girl lives in la and she lives across the street she lives downtown, which is just, like, it's so chaotic there all the time. Oh, like, I was yeah. saying, like, downtown L.A. is scary. Downtown Vancouver, or this area, is just kind of, like, sad, but it looks the same, kind of, you mm-hmm. know? It's, like, it's like the familiar symptoms, but just kind of, like, a, diff- a different sort of outcome for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Starbucks that she frequents, and she's just used to it, so she doesn't even, like, bat an eye at it at it is just so violent and so crazy all the time <laughs> oh, yeah. and when my mom was in town i took her there to get her a drink and this, we walk in and this dude who had uh he had a swastika tattoo on his neck was just yelling at someone's dog he's like arr, arr, arr. like when a guy's barking at your dog yeah that's not a good starbucks <laughs> i hope the one that you worked at wasn't like that no it was definitely, definitely not yeah it's funny how it used to be like i remember when starbucks i was just a kid when starbucks first came out but it was like it's like where peasants like us go to feel fancy, <laughs> and everyone would like dress up almost to go yeah. into a Starbucks and stuff like that. It's and like nowadays, the airport in the twenties. Yeah, nowadays you see like, you know, people in undershirts like if that hur- hurling trash cans and things like that. It's funny how the brand is. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the price you pay for being everywhere. Yeah, it's is slipped it? a little bit. <laughs> it's the coffee McDonald's. Just, just a little bit. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> what kind of lawsuits they have in their hands because remember when that woman, uh, her her like her water was too hot and she sued McDonald's and won. Like mm. I, fi- I figure Starbucks probably has fallen victim to a couple of oh, those probably. kind of things. You That's know? a really interesting lawsuit though. The, the McDonald's one. Yeah. Because um, I was reading about it actually a little while ago, but apparently like they, they took the temperature of the coffee that was being served and like they said it was like, Molten lava. <laughs> really? It was ridiculous. Why would they do hot. that? Well, I guess they were trying how to figure out like that? how hot was the coffee. She, you know, they have to establish like, mm-hmm. could you actually burn yourself? And like, yeah. she, she was really badly injured. It was really. A, it was a, it's an interesting lawsuit because it's not like we have this idea in our head. Like, 
Mm-hmm. You know, she like <laughs> like a coffee please. So just like ah, just like <laughs> just like doused herself in the Man. face of it. But it, there was all there was some interesting factors in there. I think it kind of changed the game for for service the service. Uh, I gotta say that. You just gave me constructive criticism about how. Oh no! I no, 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 Harris, Harris, oh, I hate that guy. No, 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 it was good. It was so respectful because I was being ignorant and I talked no, about her. No, you weren't. No, 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 no. Let me, let me finish. I was talking about her like she's a, uh, uh, a scourge on the system, and you had the facts and I didn't because I never do. I've never researched anything, and you're right. And I'm sorry to that lady. No, it's uh, fine. She has no lips now. I heard. Um, well, I thought the same thing, right? I thought like <laughs> you, you know you hear like oh like we yeah. all handle like coffee and hot drinks on a daily basis, yeah. Like oh like what kind of idiot can't handle coffee? And then you go and like like she was very really badly. It's just an interesting case. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that I mean, it's it's become like an an urban legend. Yeah, right? that's all, that's my education on it. Well, they I, should, go, I go by urban legends all the time. <laughs> they should make a movie about it starring Michael Keaton. Um, oh uh, yeah the founder I really like the founder for some reason it's funny because I'm so critical of people who like movies where I'm like superhero movies please give me a three hour biopic drama about the founder of McDonald's (laughs) I don't know why I like it so much and I love the social network so much and I love basically any movie or TV show where there's like a drug cartel Mm -hmm. and it's mostly dialogue and then I don't like anything where people have capes, except maybe Batman. Yeah, yeah. I'm very difficult and very pretentious. I'm realizing. I liked the founder. I like the founder a lot. I wish someone. I wish I found like, it riveting. Yeah, I, I Michael Keaton is my favorite actor. Really, I love him to bits, and it's been so, so it's been so awesome. A lot like this career renaissance he's had since Birdman. I love Birdman. Yeah, it's been great. That's another great one. That that was that came out in in a really good summer of. Single shot <laughs> rhythm based score movies like because yeah. uh, Whiplash came out around that time. Yeah, same year. Yeah, yeah I love Whiplash. That was a great year for movies. Yeah, 2014. There was a lot of good stuff that came out. Yeah, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because uh, the drummer in my band was like, mm, not a very accurate drummer. It's like, well, <laughs> you're you're probably right, but I thought he did pretty good. Like. He looked. He oh, looked legit. I thought. Fooled. Fooled me. I mean, I yeah. don't know anything about drums, and he seemed like, you know. I thought he played the drums. No. Okay. No. I mean, I can do like. No, I don't. Play drums. <laughs> I was gonna say like I can get, and I was like, no, you can't. <laughs> what are you talking about? You would never get by. <laughs> I'm such an arrogant jerk. No, you're not. You're beating yourself up. I do love that Michael Keaton is your favorite actor. It's, it's it's one thing I want to say is like I feel like you're a bit of an old soul. People tell you that sometimes. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah. heard it once in a while. You're very calm individual. Very polite. Uh, maybe I feel that way because you have such great manners. Oh, oh well, look how flattered you are. You're an old soul. Uh, well, my mom was big on manners. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. That was a big thing. I mean, that was like trampled it into me like a herd of lions. Oh yeah, like yeah. that was the worst thing. I like I, I could. Yeah, it was just, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that. I think manners are. Yeah, it's such a. It takes so little effort, and uh, just to be it polite. makes people feel good. I, I think when you treat them with, even if it's someone that you don't necessarily like, but if you treat them with civility, yeah, I think it's just we need a little more civility. I agree. I, I I'm actually appalled when people are rude. Yes, yeah. Uh, mm. Like, I held the door open for a a young lady on the way here, and she didn't even look at me. And that is so offensive to me. (laughs) 
I shouldn't yeah. be so sensitive, maybe. Well, you're a, you're a, you're a sweet guy. Thank that's, you. That's ter- that's, um, Thank yeah, you. but it's that's why I I can't stand with people because it's like you can't even make. This, how hard is it to say please and thank you? It's so easy. I know. And we're just losing that. And um, mm-hmm. even things like courtesy, like it, when when did it become normal? I'm trying to pinpoint the time for people to, because people just take their phones out during movies now. And, <laughs> you know, like I feel like in the, in the maybe 10 years ago, like 15 years ago, like if someone took out their phone in a movie, you know, took out their Nokia flip phone or whatever. People would be like... Started playing Snake. Yeah, like, what the hell are you doing? Whereas nowadays, we just kind of like, uh, we just all look away and everything. But it's like, it's so... It drives me absolutely insane. It's like, this is my little... This is my escape. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I really love going to this, the theater because I find it's the only time I fully engage and pay attention to yeah. what I'm watching. Yeah. Do you find yeah. that, or are you distracted when you're at home watching things? Oh, I'm terrible now. I mean, <laughs> I'm oh, I'm so terrible. YouTube has, YouTube and having a phone has just destroyed my attention span. <laughs> it used to be so good. I could read, I could read like the driest, like thickest <laughs> tomes. I could watch films about brant leaves and branches and things like that. And now, you're now an old soul. <laughs> Yeah, no, but nowadays it's just been ruined. Like I was watching this movie the other day, uh, just on my tablet at home, mm-hmm. just sitting on my lying on my bed, just watching a movie, and mm-hmm. I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then I just picked up my phone, and I was like, "Why am I looking at my phone? Yeah. Like, there's nothing happening there, and I'm enjoying this. There's no reason for me to." Unless you're reading trivia about the movie you're watching, which I am guilty of. That's well, that's different. That's kind of you want to be. That's like a deeper experience. Also, yeah. because I'm, I have. Uh, such a hard time paying attention like my mind will wander yeah. like it'll be like the founder will be on and it'll be like Wisconsin <laughs> oh man I actually read about this photographer from Wisconsin Yeah. I wonder if that was and now I'm missing parts I'm like oh shit what's happening and then I'll so sometimes what I'll do is I'll pull the plot up on Wikipedia yeah, yeah. and then I'll follow it and then it's kind of the best of both worlds because I'm I'm not paying attention, and I'm paying attention. Yeah. So it's kind of what I need to do. I I have to, alarmingly, at an alarming uh, rate, I have to look up plots of movies that I've just watched. <laughs> like, What's wrong with us? The movie ends, and I'm like, so did that guy die? And, I, <laughs> and then I have to look through. I know. And it's like, and then I was like, uh, the, the, someone remarks that Stevens has been found. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> upside down in a warehouse. You're like, when did that happen? It's probably dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, what's funny too is like, um, like people were so upset. Like, I, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. That's fine, and if you are, I just couldn't get into it. But I thought the fan base handled the the finale so poorly that uh, it made me laugh just how emotional people got about it because it's kind of like, what did you want in a way? And I, then, but then I realized that I'm really easy on movies. Like they almost don't need to have a good ending for me <laughs> as long as like the journey to the ending was pretty good. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, totally. It's, I don't really, I almost, it, it's almost like an afterthought for me the ending a lot of the time, which I know is ridiculous. Yeah. But if the journey was entertaining and there's good characters and good acting and good moments, sometimes like people were really upset about the end of The Sopranos. They're like, what the hell was that? And I was like, 
I don't know. Just leave it up to your interpretation, man. Just think about it. We can yeah. think. We can theorize about what that really meant. Like I like those yeah. kind of like slow burn endings. I don't really need like a blockbuster one. Yeah, that's that's life, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. things end for you know. It's uh, yeah, I totally. You know, I mean, uh, look at like Chinatown. Like what a bummer ending that is. <laughs> yeah. It just ends, but it's still like an amazing movie, and, and the, the ending is part of the. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I mean, it, it's just. It doesn't seem like it's for me, but that I thought that, that whole thing was kind of just risible. Just, I just want to know like, what people want. Oh, they want everything <laughs> tied up in a bow, and they want it to feel like it's for them and everything. But it's like you, you know, write your own series, and you can end it however you want. I don't like it when people when I don't like it when people create things like writers and and things like that. And mm-hmm. I, I don't like using the word artists, but like artists and things like that. And then everyone just criticizes it like well go out and make your own thing I know. you know it's, yeah go out and do your own thing and quit harping on people to fulfill yeah. your specific vision it's go like, write fan fiction on the internet or something it's impossible to really please them but yeah. one thing i will say is that i don't think i heard much criticism about the end of breaking bad which is interesting because it was yeah. such a it people were so engaged with it like mm-hmm. on a game of thrones level people were obsessed week to week with it yeah. and that's one of the only shows i've ever seen where 10 seconds into the first episode i was like in because my attention span sucks in some ways and so it's kind of amazing it's a testament to the show Uh and like vince gilligan who directed it and created it like he met brian cranston on an episode of the x files he directed and brian cranston did a small role in it he's like i'm gonna create a vehicle for that guy one day yeah and then amc was like the guy from malcolm in the middle i don't we don't want to work with that guy and they had to like fight about it and then like it's like they're they're saving them from themselves because it's just an iconic thing now you know oh man i I didn't know that i didn't know he worked on x-files that guy's a that guy's a a a genius though yeah i mean the narrative structure that that to to have a a house built of that many cards and not have it implode Mm -hmm. that guy's a genius yeah I, I, i don't know how how he how he did it i don't know because it, it's so impressive in terms of you know like it's so strong throughout mm-hmm. the whole series and i feel like you could write a movie um i've tried i i, I don't know if i yeah i can it goes back to attention span i don't know if i have i mean i i love stephen king and i read his book on writing and uh i mean that's impressive what you just said <laughs> that takes a great attention span to read a book on writing <laughs> it's have you read it no it's great it's you like a textbook yeah, but it's um, it's kind of half memoir. Like the first half is kind of a memoir of how mm-hmm. he got started, and then the last half is him talking about. Yeah, but he has a very like folksy kind of like mm-hmm. truck stop way of putting it. So it's not yeah. like you know section five commas, you know the <laughs> Wiley semicolon <laughs> and things like that. So I would recommend. I I think anyone who wants to write anything should read it. I think it's a great book. I think. Um like what I aspire to be and what it, what I am are at odds with each other in a way. Like I think I'm pretty productive. I have a lot of irons on the fire. Mm-hmm. But oh, then I right. hear hear about like Neil Brennan, the comedian. He just read the dictionary to improve his vocabulary. <laughs> like that's amazing. And then he he wanted to write a movie, so he watched sequentially the top hundred greatest rated movies ever. He watched all of them. Yeah. He's like he wanted to know what greatness was. So like his attention span is amazing. Yeah. I want to be like that. I'm all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're, I don't know, but you're, 
you do tons of stuff. You do, you do a podcast. You you know. I know, but I don't need to tell everybody dude. your credits. But like you're you're just, you're very prolific. I wouldn't thank you. But you yeah. should see how I work though, because it's ridiculous. Because I'll have a song open here, and I'll yeah. be like work on that for five seconds, and then I have a book that I'm reading over here, two sentences in that, yeah. and then the movie on, and then I'm back over here, open a different song on that one a little bit. It's crazy. But it, yeah, but it works for you. <laughs> it works for you. My you, process is like so. Oh, I'm gonna write so. I um, make myself vertical, and yeah. then I write for about half an hour, forty minutes. Uh-huh. I think oh, I'm tired. I need a breather, and then that's pretty... I watch YouTube videos. And I can you go back to it because that's pretty no, good. I... Like like uh, Dimitri Martin was he's a, when he's talking about stuff like that because he does like a nine to five ethic for writing comedy. Yeah, and he says like wow. he says like if you're having a hard time, just an hour every day. You can do an hour. And so if you're doing 40 minutes an hour every day, that's great. Not every day. But you have, since I produced your album, you have all this new great material that's like even better. Oh, man. So you're writing. Oh, thanks. I, I think, I don't know. I'm still very kind of, I'm figuring out my process. I don't, I don't think you'd probably talk to a comic who says they write enough or, mm. like, or like I write too much, you know. Yeah. I, I wish I could... I mean, I still, I think it's just the, the right amount of self-discipline. If I could give myself one gift, it would be the ability to like sit at a desk for four to six hours and just mm-hmm. write. Mm-hmm. And I would love if I could do that. And maybe I will be able to at some point. But yeah. right now it's like, I don't know. I, I read this thing from Gary uh, Coleman about, um, he said, if you're walking around thinking about your act, that's that's writing. Yeah. So maybe I do that and I'm not aware of it as much that I'm thinking about it or... I think you are, but I think to do that, you have to walk around in silence. Mm-hmm. And I always have a podcast in, or music going, mm-hmm. and I, f- I find myself less and less doing that. Because yep. walking around in silence is, is great for uh, coming up with ideas and yeah. things like that. Yeah, I remember coming up with a lot of stuff just like working on, just being at work and things like that, and just kind of yeah. just having to be on but not too invested in something else yeah i'm trying to do that now with like like i, I trying to designate public transit time as like yeah. my, my daydream time oh that's good <laughs> like that's good. I, I don't touch my phone i can read a book if i want to i count that but like i, I kind of try to designate it as my no phone time just yeah to kind of look out the window and just let my mind drift and that's good because we kind of um we do that a lot as kids or we, and uh i think we kind of lose that as adults just like looking out the window and just kind of yeah. letting your mind drift and think up silly things or whatever, you know? Yeah, I know. I'm so uh, busy all the time. Yeah, well, you're busy. I mean, would you say that's the... De- that's the uh, I need a break, Harris. <laughs> you do. You're a busy dude, man. I'm out of my mind, Would dude. you say that the definition of happiness is being busy with things that you, in- that you find interesting? Ooh, that's a great question. I think... Um, that's what's interesting is I'm kind of never that satisfied. And mm-hmm. so, uh, like, I, I'm always thinking about how my situation can be a little better. Mm-hmm. And so, when I'm in the middle of something uh, that I thought I wanted, then I'm while I'm doing it, I'm like, actually, what I'd rather be doing is this. But I'll finish this, and then I'll get to that. Right. You know what I mean? So, I feel like I'm <laughs> never really that satisfied. Like, right. Shirley Nome, the comedian, our friend, she she and I were talking about taking a vacation because she's very much like me, where she can't relax. Right. Like, I actually don't know how to relax. Like, right. 
she was like, yeah, um, a friend of mine took me on a vacation and he just took my phone away from me and then he said, lay on the beach and you don't know what time it is and that's it. And that was it for like five days. And she was like, I had to like, I was like forced into relaxing and I was like panicking for like three of the days. That's how I feel. I, I feel like panicked, yeah. like, like I left my, um, my gear here at the studio last night and then went home and then had all these ideas and I was like, fuck. And then I couldn't sleep. Like yeah. I'm like a maniac. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a torturous state to be in a kind of, the yeah. creative uh, state is like kind of cre- <laughs> yeah. my thing is like I yeah I, you know I'm just rela- relaxing at home late uh-huh. at night I'm just like I'm just looking up stupid stuff why don't I just why don't I just write right now and I'll be like oh, there's too many distractions but right do now do you think you're doing research in a way <sighs> <laughs> you're so hard on yourself dude I don't know I should talk I'm no, so no, fucking so, hard on myself no um <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know Maybe, yeah. I mean, there's there are bits I've gotten just from like, I mean, I love movies and I think movies are a good thing or a good source for material because they're cultural touchstones. Absolutely. And like, if you're doing a joke about mobsters, everyone knows that The Godfather is or at least has yeah an idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm still figuring things out in terms of what my creative process is going to look like and what writing is going to look like for me. Cause you talk to people who are great at comedy and they, mm-hmm. you, you know, they say like, Oh, let me look at my gen. They pull out like napkins and things like that. And <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, scraps of paper. And yeah, and I remember reading that Woody Allen has like a drawer of just, just like cocktail napkins and things like that. Really? And just like, and like, well, that guy, I mean, like who's more prolific than him in terms of writing and producing? And Nobody and really. Yeah, and then if, he's, if that's his creative process, then that's the thing though. Is like I always feel like you know I was telling you about mine where I'm like a little bit here, a little bit here. I'm like, I feel I, in my head I'm like you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Your process is fucked up. You're you should just streamline one thing and get it done. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Do, like I'm like too crazy uh, energy wise to mm-hmm. like really do that. But um, but then I'll re- it's funny because then I'll never really feel satisfied and then I'll realize suddenly I have a bunch of stuff done. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I guess it works. But I think that's really smart. I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a the idea of a, like a, a pantry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very depressing <laughs> when you're hungry to go to your pantry and open it yeah. and there's like two taco shells baking and baking soda. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know. But I think if you're kind of always thinking about it and trying to like put stuff in your, this is gonna sound like Tony Robbins. I love it. But like if you put stuff in your creative pantry, then when yeah. you're hungry, you go to open it. Yeah. It's all the stuff that you've put in there, and you can. Yeah. It's a good point, and it's you know what's interesting too about the creative process is like, it's not always gonna feel good. Mm-hmm. So if I'm working on a song and I'm like. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to do this, but I'll just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean it's bad. Like, yeah. I'll come back and be inspired about it later, and then it will feel good. It's mm-hmm. like, you just have to kind of, like, slog through it sometimes just to get through to the other the other side. Totally. But yeah. I like, um, I actually really like Tony Robbins. Like, uh, I think that's, like, maybe, like, not a cool thing to say. But I, I get know. motivated when I hear motivated people talk and I like how he swears so much it, like makes me feel, like feel it's like yeah this guy's cool he's saying like fuck all the time it's so awesome <laughs> but I like um, like I, if I I try to watch something motivating in the morning so I want to go do that thing yeah. so if I'm going to go to the gym I'll watch like people working out and be like yeah I could do that I should go do that Yeah. and then if I want to 
work on music, I'll watch like a clip of a band I like in a studio and see them being creative and enjoying themselves. I'm like I could do that. I, I'm gonna go do that. And like so, I'm just like so easily swayed in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I get some. Um, yeah, it's I, you. I think like you touched on it with the Tony Robbins thing. Like seeing yeah. motivated people is like yeah. Like I was um, I went through a period where I was. Kind of, I was I'm always kind of like working on. I like working on music and writing songs and yeah. things like that. You're very like, good not, at not, it. Not just a call. Oh, <laughs> coming from you, that's a big compliment. Thank you, man. You're welcome. But like, I, I like not just like comedic stuff, but I like just writing songs and things like that. Yeah. And I was like, I wouldn't mind playing more music. And then I was watching The Hives last night. Yeah. On, on YouTube. Yeah. And like, ah, I wanted to like grab my guitar and like dash out of the house. And yeah. Just, like go find someone and just start playing. Like. Yeah. I just I love I I I love seeing people enjoying what they do who are good at what they do yeah for sure that sort of thing lose themselves in it yeah um, the, the, the kind of enthusiasm is is very contagious i produced your comedy album which has comedy songs on it but then i produced some of your just not comedy songs too and those are beautiful as well oh thanks man you're welcome appreciate it <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's it's i think it's probably difficult for you guys because people expect you to be funny so if you put up something that isn't necessarily comedic it can probably feel uh, make you feel like a little uncomfortable, maybe. Um, maybe a little bit. But I've been I've been writing songs since I was about eighteen, and I didn't do start comedy till I was twenty three. So really, I, yeah, I have a little bit of a head okay. start on music, and it's it's kind of when I was like, if you'd asked me like when I was eighteen or nineteen what I want to be, I would have said like, oh, I want to be like, oh, I'd like I want to be the next Noel Gallagher type yeah. thing. And uh, it's funny how like you're your goals change and things change. And now it's like, uh, people seem to like the comedy songs that I make and they get really into them. And it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a savage mockery of my, <laughs> yeah. my teenage ambitions. It's like, Oh, you wanted to be a songwriter. Okay. Well, you, you can do it. You can do songs, but they have to be about horrible, horrible things. <laughs> I think a lot of comedic musicians feel that way. And Shirley Gnome said the same thing. Oh, she's and she's got Shirley's so funny and yeah, has got she's got the voice of an angel. As she's well. one of the best singers I've ever heard. Oh, unreal! Better than most singers. Yeah, and her <laughs> and her compositional skills as well. I, I, was, I was talking to you about that a little while ago. Yeah, but just like even in her comedy songs, I mean, mm-hmm. she doesn't sacrifice. Sometimes you sometimes I'm guilty of sacrificing uh, musicianship for for uh, for. Um, sometimes I think. I needed a, a template, so mm-hmm. you know I've reused chord progression sometimes a little too much That's and things okay. like that, which I don't like doing. But then she does it, and she will have like a beautiful, unexpected chord change in there, yeah. and it's like, oh, you don't have to sacrifice, uh, you musicality know, com- for, musicality yeah, for yeah. comedy. It's 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 it's, one, it's amazing. One of my favorite uh, chord structures. Uh, I can think of is she did a song called Pillows in the Shape of a Man. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, pillows in the Shape of a Man. Then, nah, yeah, the nah, third chord. Nah. Yeah. Third chord's got to be good. Yeah. If you're going to write a chord progression, the third chord's got to be awesome. What interval is that? Do you know? Or? I'm not sure. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm not sure. Oh. It's, it, but it, it's a soul uh, progression. She, yeah. She's got a very, like, she sang backups on a new fake shark song and she, like, killed it. Oh, really? Yeah. I, oh, she's yeah. amazing. I've noticed since we were 12. Really? Yeah. Me, her, Simon King all went to the same performing arts high school. You guys went to performing arts high school? <laughs> yeah. Langley no Fine way. Arts, man. Yeah. Like, oh, Langley Fine Arts? Yeah. Crazy. And the guitar player in Fake Shark also went there with me. 
What was but, that like? Uh, I didn't appreciate it because I was too angry. I was like a metal kid. Really? And I wanted to play basketball. And they didn't have any sports. And I got accepted there. And I was like, no! And my mom was like, you're going there because you're good at drawing and painting. I was like, I want to play basketball. <laughs> this sounds like every 90s yeah. kid movie. Like It is. That's my life. Wow. Like Mike. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's such a strange... I want to do a show that's like Fake Shark with Shirley Noem and Simon King. I feel like that would be a good show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, huh. What is your least favorite article of clothing that you see on people, you think? That I see on people? Yeah, I'll, I can start it off. I'll, I'll, be, I'll take a bullet here. I'll say I don't like when people's jeans, back pockets, have a bunch of bedazzled stuff on them. Oh, that's horrible! Like th- visible white threading on blue jeans. I don't really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or that like was a big look on guys for a while. The, y- yeah, with like along like, with very low white sneakers. Like, yeah, yeah, and then and the, the, those same guys would like probably beat you up in the Starbucks bathroom. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, for me, on guys, it's <laughs> um, uh, I don't like burgundy jeans. <laughs> Or like salmon colored jeans. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just jeans that are like an odd color. Like Yacht Rock uh, pants. Like something like a band that Sam Tawning would listen to. Their pants. No, those guys had some... No, I mean like kind of more like... I don't know. Just burgundy jeans, man. It just... They just drive me absolutely wild. Okay. Um, Or when I see... (laughs) When I see people wearing like... A nice pair of jeans, and then no socks and dress shoes. <laughs> does it? That just does doesn't. It just give you like, uh, you, what's it called? Douche chills. Is that what it is? That. Is that what it is? <laughs> well, I just like you've got three looks going on on the lower half of your body. Yeah, you've got casual, Seems summer, confusing, right? And then dressed. It just, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it, I can't process it. Yeah. That's a good question. Thanks. Um, dangerous. I, like. <laughs> I don't like... See, I'm in airports all the time, and one thing yeah. I don't like is when uh, people don't wear shoes on the plane. Uh, like, maybe they wear flip-flops. Like, I don't, I'm not a big flip-flops guy anyway, but if you've kicked them off, and now I'm looking at your bare feet on the yeah, plane, that them away. disturbs me. And then one time I was on the plane, and I saw someone clipping their toenails. It was shocking. There should be, like, an outer... Like, your mom would hate that, and my mom would hate that. Oh, it's just so that's just vile. Yeah, there should be an outer cage on the airplane, and if you're just, if like, they're monitoring you like pre-boarding, and you're doing stuff like that, like just eating out of a, a plastic bag or whatever, <laughs> or just have your shoes off, and you yeah. get strapped to the cage on, and you have to ride on the outside of the yeah. plane. Yeah, that's that'd be good. Then we can look at you on the wing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, that probably wouldn't be feasible. Yeah, it's like a shark cage, so they can really <laughs> just feel like the wind. just like a separate, like, cargo hold area, where it's like, you, you, you stay down there. Yeah, yeah, next to people's dogs, maybe. Um, like Bring the dogs up. Yeah, bring the dogs up. I, I'm actually, if there's just dogs walking around the plane, I'd be totally into that, actually, if they're nice dogs, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, course. like quiet, nice dogs, yeah. Yeah. It kills me I can't pet service dogs. It just seems really unfair. You know what? Uh, yeah. They're adorable. <laughs> they are often golden retrievers. It's a gorgeous dog. Um, I want to pet them. I kind of just feel like if I had, I don't have any pets, but if I did, I feel like my overall anxiety would be uh, lessened, you know? You know, I was actually talking to my 
to a friend of mine about this. I, I do. I feel sorry for those dogs. The service dogs? Yeah. Like your whole life is well, devoted to not being Well, you're not pet. allowed to touch them, right? You go out in public, they see all these other dogs getting like belly scratches yeah. and stuff like that. They're like, well, what, what the hell is wrong with it's, me? That life isn't for you, dog. Yeah. And their friends are like, let's go to the dog park and chase each other around. Like, no, I got to take... I got it. I got to take Susan to the grocery store again. <laughs> so she doesn't have an anxiety gotta, attack. got to feel the arugulas for an hour. <laughs> oh. uh, like, just like... Oh. Arugula yeah. was a great choice that you just made. <laughs> what a hilarious... I love that. I love that. I don't even know what that is, really, I don't think. I have an idea of it in my head, but it's probably not what I'm thinking of. Okay. Of what arugula is? <laughs> not a big arugula. I don't even know how to cook at all, so... I can do basic stuff. Yeah? I'm not much... Like toast or cereal? <laughs> I can Cereals. I can probably do that. Cereal counts as a dish? No, I can make, like, breakfast. You know, I can do eggs and stuff and do basic stuff like pasta and things like that, but I'm not a, I'm not a, a gourmet. Yeah. Oh, can I continue complaining about airplane oh, behavior? Please. I, I want to say to... The new rule that you can bring food from the airport onto the plane is so inconsiderate because everyone that I'm, I always fly to LA, people always bring Burger King on there, the most oniony food there is. Why is there no onions in everything? And I can smell onions from 40 rows away. They do that? Yeah. I hate that. Don't do that. I saw a woman on there with hard boiled eggs. That is a selfish food to eat publicly. Yeah. Hard, hard boiled, boiled eggs? Hard boiled eggs! Really? Yeah. I gotta admire her moxie, though, I gotta say. What are you trying to incapacitate the whole plane? Do hard boiled eggs have a. Uh, the the odor, you know? It's very potent. I also wanna say that when Ryan Williams was on here, I said eggs were dairy, and he made fun of me, and I thought I was right, and then I researched it, and I was wrong. They're not considered dairy. Oh, really? What are they I, then? Meat? I guess that makes sense, yeah. Pol- uh, poultry? I don't know what they count as. I mean, they don't have rights. I know that much. That's true. You do what you want with an egg, and you'll get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> One more question, Harris. Do you, have you ever had an experience with ghosts or aliens? No, not aliens. Ghosts, uh, I was actually quite fascinated by the idea of ghosts when I was uh, in my younger days. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to yeah. be haunted so bad. I read this book about um, this fellow named William James, I think was his name. He was the founder of the American uh, Parapsychology... Parapsych- I can't remember. I can't say the word. Para- Parapsychology Institute, I think it was. Parapsychology. That sounds right. That sounds right. And it was just... Uh, he was a skeptic that was studied supernatural experiences. Mm-hmm. And... and um, I think it's an interesting... Um, I mean, I'm not a, I don't believe in ghosts. But I... Neither do I, but I still want to. I think that would be cool. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, we all want to think, and you know, like we, it would be, we all have trouble grasping. I think in our minds, like this might be it. Like this might be everything. And yeah, I think the I think the question does consciousness survive death is like mm-hmm. kind of an interesting question, actually. And for sure, you know, I mean, it sounds like most likely it does not. Yeah, but. Um, on the off chance it does, you know what happens to what happens to all that uh, that energy? Does it just dissipate or does it? Yeah. I mean, my feeling is it probably doesn't, and because I'm not a spiritual person or, yeah. or religious or anything. But um, yeah, it's, I just thought it was an interesting, yeah, an interesting subject, and all the all the um, you know the the things like things like crisis apparitions people see 
report seeing a loved one, um, you know, they'll, they'll appear in their room and then later they'll, they'll find out that that person died or something like that. Oh, yeah, There's, you yeah. know, many, many of those things. And it's funny, it's just an interesting question to ask. Like, is that the way... I feel I have a hunch that it's just the way our brains rewire things and our brains yeah. are more powerful than we think and they can rewire experience and things like that to make us think, oh, we thought that when this was happening. But yeah. really, you know... I think our brains are much more powerful. We don't really understand what's going on. Yeah, there. I agree. It, I mean, doctors will just straight up admit they don't understand it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not even a doctor, so I really don't understand it. Well, I think the human brain is the most complex thing in the universe. <laughs> I think I've heard it been I've heard it been said. Really? Like in terms of the processes and what goes on in there and It's like a jigsaw puzzle that's all like all one color. Mm. Like, you know how hard, hard that is? Because you can't even see, like, of oh, course. there's the edge of uh, the Eiffel Tower, so I know where to put those sections. Yeah, yeah, and then you read about, excuse me. Oh, my God, I just, like, burped into it's the okay, microphone. Dude. It's okay, dude. You know, sometimes we get nasty. <laughs> get nasty on my show. Get me off the plane. <laughs> no, but, like, things that happen with, with people with, like, head injuries and things like that, and they'll yeah. report... You they know, come back with a different personality and stuff. Per, yeah. yeah, or they can play piano all of a sudden. Or they have an accent. <laughs> they have an accent, yeah. Do you hear what's ha- happened to Sam Kinison, the, the great mm, comedian? No. He grew up, a, he was tr- he was studying to be a priest. He's very religious. Then he got hit by a car, and it changed his personality into what we now know. Really? Sam Kinison. Same with Roseanne. Really? She was like quiet and mild-mannered, and then she got hit by a car, and she actually... I think she developed multiple personality disorder from really? it. Really? I remember I heard Tom Arnold talking about when he was married to her, and he was like, yeah, she has 14 personalities, and 13 of them hate me. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bit or not, but that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's and on that note, man, that's it. Oh, cool, man. That's a, that's a while. What, uh, do you have anything coming up? I guess you're, you're at Yuck Yucks like, all the time now, huh? Um, it's, it's been good, uh, lately. Yeah, I've been there, you know, hosting, doing the odd thing. Yeah. I co, co-headlined with my friend, uh, Stuart Jones, who you know. Love Stuart. Stuart one so of, funny. One of the funniest comics coming up right now. Yeah. And, um. I like yeah. how he's, people, people think that they understand angry nerdiness. He's the, so much deeper than you think you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Like he came on here and was so pretentious about magic cards, and it was amazing. He really had opinions about it, and his delivery was so funny. I love Stuart. Stuart's a very shrewd observer of human um, failings. I think, like, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, like not not like as a person, as a person, he's great, but like no, he's a fan of it. Though. Yeah, he likes, but like. It. Yeah, he's got a couple of bits. I think the, the highest compliment a like comic can paint another comic is like if they see a bit and say, man, I wish I'd written that. Yeah. And he's got a couple of bits like that. I have songs like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, oh yeah. That's I think that's pretty common, yeah. Like, I wish I wrote Boys and Girls by Blur. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah. I wish I wrote Beetlebum. I wish you wrote Let It Be. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I think that'd be cool for you. Uh, <laughs> and on that note... Check out Harris's Ant, Harris Anderson's album, Above and Beyond. Which so you produced. So funny. I produced it, so you know it's very good. Uh, also, just Harris is so talented. So. Thank oh. you, Harris. Oh, thanks, man. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Comedy Here Often podcast. I've been your host, Kevy, and thank you to Harris Anderson for coming on the show. 
Make sure to follow him on all his social media. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at Comedy Here Often. And make sure to listen to his album out through 604 Records, which is called Above and Beyond. 